finish what we started so long ago. We shall take from this land what is rightfully ours. No mortal beings can oppose us. And let all those who dare Last week on Lore Seekers. It's a very special episode. This is Listener Week here on the show. Something brand spanking new that we're doing. We grab one of our listeners and we bring them on the show. And the show is all about them and ESO. In Somerset, I could go up against Queen of the Reef with two people and be fine. It would take a while, but it'd be fine. I tried with four people against a dragon and it really ended badly. So mages who have mastered the art of necromancy and dark magic have the ability to prolong their lifespan and become powerful, immortal beings known as liches. And yes, you have run into them in pretty much every Elder Scrolls game that there is. Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragon's wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now, the Law Seekers, Jibs and Cash. Oh, man. My feet are actually really sore. I've done a mine lot of traveling this week. Oh, man, mine are burnt. I've got a lot of char from the old dragons. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you get your ass burned. Well, you know... <laughs> you gotta get out of the way of the strafe, old boy. <laughs> I just can't help myself. I get excited and I get caught in the moment. The next thing I know, my my uh, butt talks is on fire. <laughs> my butt talks. <laughs> Something bit me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, look, here's a barmaid. What can I get you, boy? Oh, my dear. I will take a red water skooma. I would like a double distilled skooma, please. Thank you very much. Coming right up. Thank you. Thank you. Mucho love. Yeah. When and elsewhere. When and elsewhere. We have scuba. Do as the kitties do. That's right. <laughs> how you been, man? Oh, come on now, guy. You know how I've been. Oh, dog. Enthralled. I know. Enthralled. I know. I've been mm-hmm. enthralled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yep. 
<laughs> well, I know we're going to talk about it, but um, we might as well just get it out of the way. I think we found our forever class. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't say I'm not I can't elaborate because I know we're going to be talking our impressions. But oh good gracious. Yeah. So pretty much what happened is as soon as I booted up the game and made my Magicka Necro, there was a voice from above and it said, "Cash, it's the Lord." This is your forever class. Play it well. Don't suck. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> we started to play. And uh, blammo, I have my forever class. So we'll oh, save it. Yeah. We'll save There's it. There's so many good things. There's so many good things. So I know we've had a lot of stuff going on uh, in real life. We're keeping us good and busy. Yeah. Uh, man, just, uh, wow. And then Elsewhere Drops. This is a very special episode, folks. This is, this is a very special episode, uh, not only for Elsewhere, but other reasons. And, uh, I don't think Cash, think Cash realizes why this day is so incredibly special. Uh-oh. But he'll find out later. Uh, we got a little bit of Lore Seeker history happening today. Oh. And, uh, it's pretty cool. But, uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about that a little bit later, but, uh, Let's get started, man. Let's hit, let's get this thing going. So, everybody, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast, where we chitty chat about uh, the Elder Scrolls Online, and we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash. I am incredibly happy about lots of things this week, and one of the biggest things is that. Well, let's just make it official. Jibs mm-hmm. and I did a lot of playing together this week which is a kind of the out of, no, out of the ordinary for us because our schedules are a little bit different. Our polar opposite. It's a little polar opposite. sense of the fashion. Right. But um, I, I took the week off, and some of you may have watched my Twitter ramblings about getting subpoenaed to court on launch day. That was true. <laughs> uh, got that out of the way, and I've been off work for pretty much the entire week. So we had some playtime together and in order to make that playtime incredibly effective for both of our characters jibs and i are officially oh my gosh, you're making this a thing ring of marad you're making this a in thing. the game not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that yeah yeah it's, yes uh yeah uh-huh. that happened so we got pictures we have pictures and we put it on twitter and we're we're not gonna lie and like i said i'm just just throwing this out there not that there's anything wrong with that uh, Jibs and I are both happily married, IRL. Oh my! Oh my! God. Two ladies, <laughs> but uh, we—it was a very cringy effing moment, and we may have puked a little. I think both. I think of us. I had handlebars on my Dunmer. He I made did, this, and and some eyeshadow and a wedding, <laughs> and a wedding dress. dress. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to make like a bad mention. Drag queen. I want to make mention of who the girl was. I'm just saying. It was me. It was you. It was me, and I, I caught, I rocked that out, man. I took it to eleven. <laughs> you're welcome, chat. We're streaming live, by the way. Twitch. But the TV funny part Star is, Seekers is podcast. that you're in charge. So, so. Anyway, yeah. yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, had a good time. Good times were had. Uh, but yeah, man, this has been one heck of a week. So for everybody here, this is a very, very special episode. This is our. We get to only ever get to do this kind of episode once a year. This is 
uh, when Somerset dropped, episode name, Hello Somerset. This one, Hello Elsewhere. We only ever get to do this one time a year, and uh, so we've got a jam-packed show for you, and, and really, it's not as rigid as it usually is for us. So this is pretty open. Uh, we're talking a little bit about um, uh, the, the new trailer, which you got to hear at the beginning of the show, oh, and for those of you here in Twitch chat, you got to see. But uh, also, we've got our first impressions of Elsewhere. We've got, um, we're going to give you the rundown on, oh, what was it, uh, Elsewhere's release and update 22, things you can expect, basically condensing that down a little bit for you. And then we're doing, a, this is kind of a surprise, because I thought we were doing something else. I was studying on something else. <laughs> we did a, we're doing a lore lesson on Euraxia Tharn's forces. We are. And all this is spoiler free. Spoiler free stuff, okay? So you don't have anything to worry about here. Just come, enjoy yourself. Now, I will say this. Cash and I uh, did talk about it behind the scenes, what we, what we think we are going to do. Um, once we're done with Elsewhere, once we've done all the questing, we've done everything that we possibly can, um, we are going to do a spoiler show. So you can look forward to that. But, uh, wow. Oh, and by the way, I haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten. The lore lessons from Volume 3, that's going to happen. You can look for that to come together. It's probably going to be a massive episode per usual, <laughs> like four hours long at least. You, you know what's funny is I actually enjoy going back and, I mean, I am super cringy when I hear my own voice, but I actually enjoy going back and listening to those again mm -hmm. because it reinforces everything that we've learned. Yeah. I, I like I'm not joking you. Just researching and writing and talking about these lore lessons, I have learned so damn much about this game. It's so deep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just so much you know, it's just like my personal my favorite thing to do is to read um the uh Tales of Tamriel the lore book. Take that with me. I take it with me to work. Yeah, it's good. It's I take it with really me. good. I keep it with me at home. It's 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 really 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 good. That's where most of the uh, the um, side quests come from. Actually, this is the uh, this is the old lore lessons book. But uh, anyway, wow, we got a show. Are you ready? I'm I'm excited. Yeah. All right, let's get this thing going. Let me grab my stuff. All right. Well, <laughs> man, that good old elsewhere water. <laughs> uh, I like these skooma, my friend. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all right, so first on the docket, we got a brand new trailer that dropped with Elsewhere for Early Access on PC. Man, I don't know about you, but just a quick side note. I'm not used to calling it Early Access. I don't know if that was just coined this year, if that was always a thing. But to me, it's just like release, you know? Yeah, release date. It's, it's pretty much release. I mean, anymore, because you... I don't know, the way I look at it is like, if it's a game that I'm into, I ain't waiting another week. So yeah. you give me a monetary number, and we will make the exchange, and then I'll be there on day one. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. There was right. no way I was going to miss this. And even, you know, with, with the digital collector's edition, as opposed to, like, a phys any type of physical collector's edition, it's like, I don't care what you put out there. I love this game. I'm buying it. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was prepared. I'm like, I don't, I don't care how much it costs. If it's $200, done. Where do I sign up? Two fifty. <laughs> Here's the money. Whoa, I mean, whoa, I'm whoa, ready. whoa. <laughs> Do I'm not ready. make that public. <laughs> 550, let's go. All day. Too late. 
Come on, guy. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I was ready. I was, um, you know, I didn't. I really didn't care about the price. It was. I knew it was going to be something I really wanted to play, especially after the reveal. So, you know, uh, Dragon Rage. So the trailer, man, you saw it. We saw it. Yeah. And, and I imagine there's going to be another trailer that releases with the full release. Um, I'd be kind of surprised if there wasn't, but uh, Dragon Rage, man. We got to see some dragons in action. We heard the dragons talking. We we heard a Fus Roda at yeah. the end. Yeah, I, I will freely oh. admit that I I didn't really pick up on that too much, and I really wasn't even expecting any type of dragon tongue to be yeah. talked. I was not expecting that at all. So yeah, when I when I first heard the voice of a dragon. It was, it, I mean, it reminded me, obviously, right off the bat of Parthenax, but when mm-hmm. I heard the Fusro Da, I yeah. don't think I picked up on it when I was watching the trailer for some reason. The first time I heard a Fusro Da was in game. Yes! So oh I don't know if I just didn't gosh, let, yeah. if I didn't let the trailer finish, you know, yeah. all or or what I did, but I do, I do not remember picking up on that watching the trailer. I think I was with you because we started yeah, running around and you're like, dude, have you done a dragon yet? And I go, no, dude, I'm just like reading lore books and like walking around at a snail's pace through these towns. And mm-hmm. you're like, let's go immediately and find a dragon. So if you haven't played or, or if you're on console and you haven't been able to play yet elsewhere the way it works is you will see a dragon icon on your map and the dragon icon will be moving around your map and then eventually it will stop and once it stops when once it's engaged there'll be some cross swords right over the dragon icon and that means that the dragon is now engaged so we're watching this thing. We're trying to catch up with it. It's engaged. We come running up, and oh my god, here is this massive <laughs> creature, and I'm looking at it with my eyes open and my mouth agape, just going, okay, this is everything that we've been waiting for. And we go running up to this thing, start fighting it. It's super fun. E, You can easily get one shot. Um, but in the middle of the fight, I hear a Fusro Da. And like chills one up my spine. Yeah, like dude, a total my mouth dork. Dropped. I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Yep. I heard. So, I saw. I even saw some salt on Twitter about that. You now people getting angsty about putting a Fusro Da in the game because it was lip service. I'm like, so it's Fusro Da, bro. Uh, you, and you know what? I think I remember replying snarkily to the person who fired off on you about. Well, they put that in there for a marketing thing, and you fell for it. I'm like, dude, fight me. I'll split your lip. You know what? I don't even care. Absolutely, I did. You do that all day long. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the same thing when people say, "Oh, your fanboys will." Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think we do all this because because <laughs> we're not. I don't really care. <laughs> oh. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know. So seeing the dragons just in game, and I know I'm trying to my best to keep all my impressions for later in the show, but I that was a really cool moment. When you and I both, because we creep up behind this dragon, and then his head just goes, and looks right at us, like right at my eye sockets. It's on. We have it on stairs. We were on Twitch. We were streaming when that happened, so it's on our on our stream from last night. But I actually have that in my notes as well. I'm glad you put that in your notes about your impressions because that was like a holy crap moment. Like he knows we're here. Yeah. 
And then the coolest moment was when he said Fusro Da, and right. I heard you on the other line. You go, did he just say Fusro Da? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, I love this. <laughs> oh, it's, it's working. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, great Scott! It was amazing. Yeah, good times. But uh, so yeah, good. It's an excellent trailer. Go check it out if you haven't. Uh, then this we'll have all this linked over at. Uh, our episode page, LordSeekersPodcast.com. But, uh, so yeah, there's that. And then we got another article. We're kind of burning through this because we really both want to get to the nitty-gritty. Of our the nitty-gritty. It's a little taste of the glory. But, uh, so yeah, they put out another article. This is uh, mainly, in my opinion, for people who have yet to be able to experience elsewhere. It's called The Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere in Update 22. Now in early access on PC, Mac. This is coming to us from ESO Official. And again, we'll have all this linked at LordSeekersPodcast.com. So, quick rundown. It basically is giving you info. It's another info kind of article on what you can expect when you're playing elsewhere. So, with this new chapter, in case some of you are listening, maybe you're not for sure what's going on with this, um, you're going to get a brand new zone to check out All right, elsewhere. And let me tell you, it's freaking gorgeous. A story detailing the efforts to protect the Kajidi homeland from the dragons. We've got a brand new class. Oh, necromancer. we got a 12-player trial trial in Sunspire. A massive collection of side quests and stunning locations to explore. New item sets, collectibles, and much more. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere is available in multiple editions, including standard collectors and upgrade edition for those who already own the base game. If you pre-purchase The Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere by June 4th, you'll also receive additional bonus items. This means a costume, XP scrolls, a pet, treasure maps, Bandari Peddler Crown Crate, and quite possibly my favorite, the Radmaathra Mount. Can you say that again? Radmaathra. Yeah. <laughs> it's rad. So, this, yeah, this, so the Centrot mount is pretty freaking awesome. Um, oh, my gosh. So good. I know, but, like, he skipped leg day. He's no. got some. You know what? I just call him Thunder Thighs. Yeah, like, Cause he, bro, you got you to go to leg day. You can't you gotta, stay home on that day. You got you to gotta show up, bro. <laughs> he showed up on upper body day. There ain't no doubt about that. He's like, oh, I'm going up for upper body. <laughs> My pixel brick glass. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that mount. I'm I, I'm not gonna elaborate. I can't. It's it's good. And to polish all this off, update twenty two is now out. Guild finder system is there. Guilds are taking advantage of it. It's great. We got weapon artifacts that are now in Cyrodiil. Uh, Somerset is now on the Crown Store. By the way, as a DLC item. So what that means is not only I'll put my drink down. Not only can you get it from the uh, Crown Store. But also, if you are an ESO Plus member, you automatically have access to Somerset. All of it. The zone, the story, everything. Sigic order. Beautiful. You, you got it all. And let me tell you what, that is one heck of an expansion. So you, that's really worth it. Right, but did you think that it was going to get, like, topped? Did you think that there was going to be better? And I think this leads us right into this. Yeah, First impressions of elsewhere. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, just... By the way, we <laughs> on our notes, all we have, we kept this open because we just wanted to see where this goes. So we were going to sit here for a little bit. But no, when I think of Somerset, you know, for me, it was 
I'm coming back to this game. You've already been playing it. We start a show two weeks later, and Somerset drops in just like three months. And I, in the back of my mind, you know, when you're doing the show and everything else that ties along with it, community and all that stuff, you inwardly hope, like, I hope this is better. You know, I hope this is better. It raises the bar. Not that it was bad, but I hope it raises the bar continuously. Right. And I did not realize the bar would be set this high <laughs> from Somerset. Well, I, you know? like even even for Morrowind, when you think about it, and here's the thing that I love about each and every um, major release, so like each and every chapter, basically, for Elder Scrolls Online, has been not just a new zone. Mm-hmm. It is the history of the zone. It's intricate details of the lore. It's yeah. fully realized, well, fully researched, and then fully realized into a big living, breathing world right in front of you with NPCs that are all doing a bunch of different things with um, all the architecture, with nailing the landscape. And on top of all of that, you have the deep lore from the lore books. You have a rich story that's completely new and fresh Right. Um, with some type of a overarching um, conflict that's going yeah. on that's yep. taking place. So it's like information overload. And it was the same thing in Morrowind. It was the same thing in Somerset. And then it's certainly no different in elsewhere. So, and the fact that they can put it together that quick is that's what blows my mind. And I know that I know it, I know that it's it seems like it's quick to us, but when we go back to when Jibs and I were in San Francisco for the reveal of Elsewhere and the Necromancer and the Dragons, and then we fast forward to now, like it was a blink of an eye, and that had already been all that all this stuff with them building this had already been taking place behind the scenes. But at the same time, the amount of work that has gone into something like this and then to see it manifest into a masterpiece and they nailed it again with Elsewhere, pretty cool. I mean, they nailed it. In every sense of the word, they nailed it. Like, you can't... I've learned, and particularly whenever I take a quiz at school, you know, anytime a question says all or every... It's usually false, like if it's a true or false. Because, you know, it's never perfect. You're such a scholar. I'm such a scholar. I'm so proud of um, you. Man, so I bring that here. Like, to me, this is a perfect expansion. This, in every sense, when I step foot in elsewhere, let's let's talk about the land. So you get to elsewhere, and we both did tutorials. Yeah, I was going to say, let's start with, like, the very Tippity beginning, top. because we very we beginning. got some things to say. Yeah, so that tutorial, um, w- way better than Somerset. Thank you. I mean, it feels like a great tutorial. Um, I like the way that it helps you with controls as far as it locks your screen so you can't do anything else except right. for what you are being asked to do. Um, and it just kind of introduces you well to everything. And you have to do it a few times. I noticed that on yeah. this one where it's not like just once or twice. Like you have to do it a few times. And it, you really, 
I don't want to give too much away to the folks on console, but you take on the um, teacher pupil type of um, type of persona, like you were being taught from square one. Yeah, we know you already know how to do it, but um, this tutorial was much more engaging. Somerset, it I'd honestly felt like it was slapped together. Like, okay, and. I mean, that's how I felt. Dude, how yeah. many times have we been through that tutorial? Oh man, a lot. I do I it mean, every time on every new character, just yeah. because it's a new experience, and I like to do it, and I like to, you know, search around for the weapons and get yeah. a decent little start. So I yep. always do them, but with the Somerset one, it always felt like, okay, you pick up this thing, go around, look at the urns, and you got, and you got to jump, and you do a little jump, and then you go yeah. in there, and then all of a sudden you're done. Um, yeah. But this one this feels so much more engaging. Yeah, this one I was like, okay, so this makes sense from a storyline perspective. How you got to where you were in the tutorial, I enjoyed that. And then over and over again, you had to listen to your instructor and do the things that you're supposed to do in order to learn. So if you're a new player, it's much better at holding your hand through what you need yes. to know. Yep. Before yep. you're like, okay, you're good. Boom. Pushed out into the world. And then like a new player is just like looking right and left, just going, oh my God, what? <laughs> this is, I, I can't do yeah. this. <laughs> right. There's so much right. going on. So it really does help to guide you in that direction right from the start. And I think that, you know, in hindsight, this could not have happened at more of a perfect time. Not only this expansion, but let's, let's kind of focus in here. The tutorial having your hand held for a lot of people who are coming from other MMOs. Wow. A lot. Okay, did you I, said it. A lot of people. Did I Tourette's that out? A lot of people. Sometimes I Tourette's, and I Tourette's that <laughs> out. Sorry. <laughs> the people coming nope. from WoW that aren't used to a dynamic game and yeah, having to different. dodge and block and all that stuff. Hi! Welcome to Elder Scrolls Online. Yep. It's I mean, dynamic. This is what this is, and it, this could not have come at a better time. They did it right, and it's so engaging in that it keeps my attention. And we're vet players now. We've been around, you know? Like, I mean, we're not top-tier content, but, you know, we've been around. <laughs> so We're pretty darn close. We're pretty darn close. And I'm not trying to disparage a WoW player at all. Jibs and I both came from WoW. We played so much yes, WoW. Yep, but this game sure is so much different. So to see the way, um, to see the developers react to what they know is going on in their gaming community, that you are getting people from all walks of gaming life right now into ESO mm -hmm. because ESO is the game to play. So yep. they made it more accessible, which yep. was pretty cool to see even as a veteran player. Absolutely. So I think overall, you know, when we're considering the tutorial, they upped it. They upped the game there, and I'm really, really glad they did. People, I think, oftentimes will write off a tutorial just because, oh, you know, it's you know, it's just a tutorial. Well, no, it means something because those first few moments can make or break whether or not someone sticks around, whether or not someone subscribes to a game, gets invested into a community, right. because if they're not connecting with the game they're playing, they're out. I mean, I think if anything, the industry, what it's taught gamers, if you're paying attention for the past year, gamers are becoming smarter as far as picking up really quickly if something is for them or not because they don't want to waste the time and they don't want they want to read through all the marketing um, glory words that they put out groundbreaking amazing you know just all open these open world these, open world that's the big one open world yeah. you know 
And so gamers are getting really smart about being able to read through that stuff. And so it's important that you grab a hold of them quickly. And they did it. They did it. Exactly. And, folks, that concludes our show. Thank you very much. Uh, Jibs and I are going to get back to elsewhere now. So um, look for another show next week. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Deuces. Dang it. We have a lot more to go. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, yeah, you know, you finish the tutorial and you step out into the world. And I just, first off, I took a screenshot because the moment I step out of that tutorial, there's players everywhere yeah everywhere but have you have you run into have you run into a phasing problem or lag no zero zilch nothing zero that's something to bring up yeah and now i I can't we obviously can't speak for everybody but for cash and i for myself absolutely zero lag yeah none i've I've had none zero problems at all i have i've had no long loading screens I've had no glitches besides with my add-ons, but they were it was easily fixed. Even I got to give this to the add-on community, to the add-on oh development gosh. community. Yep. Well done, my friends. You were well prepared for this one. And yep. every single add-on that I have that was inoperable, which was just a few of them, it told you what the dependency was immediately, downloaded it, up, updated, reload UI, done. I was like, holy crap, this is so seamless. Like, I was in the game very quickly. Even, now granted, I was not on, I was busy during uh, the day on launch day. But in the evening when I logged in, like, at high traffic time, I had zero problems. Nothing. Even my download was fast. My download was done in, like, less than an hour. So Yeah, mine was too. It was really smooth. Yeah, I honestly, I wonder if they didn't do some back-end improvements this time around, particularly with the whole, the launcher. I That launcher and I have not been the best friends over the, you know, the past year, just because I've, I feel like you're really getting difficult. It's really difficult to get high download speeds with that launcher, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, th- I think it gates you down a little it bit. It gates the crap out of you. Right, it. yeah. And so I just, you know, I was not looking forward to that. That was one of the parts that really concerned me. I'm like, how long is this going to take? You know, because it it lost oftentimes takes forever. And you know what? I was done in less than an hour. Oh, did you uh, did you feed your um, your redneck mouse on the wheel some Man, spinach? I shoved a giant needle full of nitrous right into that mouse, oh. and he took care of it for me. Jeez, that'll kill him. You feed him spinach. It's organic. No way, man. He's good to go. We, no, he he's not on keto. Yeah, well he's, he's like he's, I'm training him like a cinch rat. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Don't let him skip leg day. <laughs> it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. But uh, so yeah, you know, you you're done with the tutorial and you step out into into the world, and so let's talk about the environment. You know, and we we've mentioned this uh, last episode briefly. Somerset was flawless. Somerset anywhere you go in Somerset is almost perfect for a painting. You know. Someone could paint any part of Somerset. Yes, even the slowed. And I'm sure there'd be something that's great looking yeah, about it. the slow. Slime included. But I just... I step into Elsewhere, and immediately I'm just like, wow. Just... Right. Wow. Right. I love the way the map flows. The way everything is laid out. Until you get stuck in the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> Son yeah. of a bitch! 
man. You and me both, we're grouped up. And suppose we don't know, Stitches in uh, elsewhere is basically a giant canyon. And uh, finding a way out is daunting. Finding your way out is like a... <laughs> that's what it's like. Okay? You say a few of those. Damn it. Listen to the giggle monkey. Oh, it's true, though, because, man, I thought we were good to go. Oh, we need to bring up something. Talk about the environment. Those dune rippers. Oh. Those little scaly beasts from the pit of right. ball bags. So male, I, yeah, so ball. we did an after-hour stream last night, and I have a nickname for the dune rippers. And the nickname is basically... <laughs> <laughs> so... You might have to listen to the stream to get that one, but I'm just saying, when you think you're done with a Dune Ripper, you're not. They pop yep. up with half health right from out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Those SOBs. little bees. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they have become world's most annoying animal. Yeah. And the, Go look up a Dune Ripper those on Google, Those and the vast amounts of, um, like the coyotes, what are the... And the names of those coyotes? things. Yeah, like little coyote things running around. Um, jackal, jackals. 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 Oh my God, they're yeah. everywhere. Like, you're just cruising through. Reproduce it like rabbits. You don't see them because they're <laughs> hidden in the freaking grass. And the next thing you know, you have like a gaggle. Is it a gaggle? A den? I don't know. Sure. Whatever it's called. Of jackals yeah. behind you. And you yeah. got to melty melt them. I'm like, dude, are you stupid? I'm a freaking necromancer. You're going to die and then I'm going to resurrect you. Yeah. Live, yep. like, turn around and live another day. Leave me alone, Leave kid. me alone. I'm trying to help you right now. But, uh, man, I tell you what. I love, love, love the beauty of this map. I love the verticality of it. And I think that was something they really wanted to capture in a different way with this chapter. You know, they they did, they, they started with that really with Somerset. Because you get into Somerset. And you're just looking up at a lot of things. But with this chapter, you get to experience it because you are now on the high end of things. You are looking down on a lot of things. There is a ton of verticality in this. Yeah, but being on the high end of things and being above everything, that's more Somerset. <laughs> because that's how the Altmer are. I will oh, say yeah. this. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I will say this. I do not think any expansion... Unless something completely blows my mind. I don't think any other zone that Zoss can choose for a new chapter will beat the beauty of Somerset. Ever. No. It I'd was, be really surprised. Of course, we've been wrong. Overload. So. It was yeah. overload. Because yeah. of the, the foliage, um, the type of um, animals, the flora and fauna, and the landscape with the Sigic Order and Arteum. I just do not think that we are ever going to beat that level of beauty. Yeah. Um, with elsewhere, what you're seeing is everything from arid deserts to oases. Is it oasises or oases? Oasis? Yes. Oasis. The plural. I don't know. Come on, Dated. Mr. School Guy. Is it oases? Anyway. Uh, let me go to let me go to QuickBooks, wherever that thing is. Not QuickBooks. Yeah. The areas with Somewhere. all the, it looks like a desert, but then there's like water and there's yeah, a lot yeah, of pretty yeah. plants and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that you're one. looking at, you know, like these big jutting vistas that look similar to um, 
you know, like um, United States deserts, really, like Sedona and Arizona and some yeah. of those desert landscapes. And then yep. you go down into the lowland areas where the drainages are, and it's super lush, and there's there's you know some semblance yeah. of swampland and stuff uh, where it's more um, where it's more swampy and humid and stuff. So you get to see that differing climate in elsewhere a lot more than you did in Somerset, and it just leads you to understand the differences in geography that exist in Tamriel. Oh yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, so that's my personal thought. I don't think the beauty will ever be um I don't think there'll be any any beauty that will overshadow what Somerset is, but mm-hmm. elsewhere has its own charm and yeah. I mean and when you really like look at the geography of it like this makes sense every bit of this makes sense it does and it really what elsewhere does is it it beautifully showcases the ancients the ancient people who lived there the akavir you know all these things right you know and it you know elsewhere was beautiful but or i'm sorry somerset was beautiful but elsewhere is beautifully dangerous because you are right yeah. you've got you've got these just it just like it totally flips on its head so you're going in this desert area and then you then you gradually make your way in what's now a lush forest and from point a to point b it's dangerous it really is you really get that vibe of holy crap we're in a desert stuff is open i mean you know this is like an open zoo here pretty much right right you know and it's you you will fight more mobs on your way to a destination in this chapter than you probably ever did in somerset Yes, and then when you reach your destination, there's a pretty darn good chance that you've gone through a bunch of different types of um, landscapes to get where you're at, and now you are in some ancient Kajiti ruin. Yeah. On the side of some cliff, there's this temple entrance where there's lush, overgreen entrance, you know, over um, overgrown entrances, entrances with like all this weeping ivy and stuff that's coming over the top, or you're coming into this cave system where your character literally has to move the vines out of the way to get there. Mm -hmm. It's so freaking cool. I can't even tell you how many screenshots that Jibs and I took where we're going through these little cave systems. And then it just comes out into this massive chasm chasm. How do you say that? Chasm. Chasm. Um, with like this ancient stuff, and then there's this big giant Kajiti statue or something standing on on top of some pillar, and we're just looking at it like, holy crap! Yeah, this man. is amazing. Yeah, the work that they, that really it. went into this into this. So I think what they did were if if you were to contrast Somerset and elsewhere. Somerset at its face value, everything that you see knocks your teeth out with beauty. Just like, boom. Yeah, it's right absolutely. there in your face. You go to Alinor. Yep. Whoa, look at this no question. architecture. Yep. But with elsewhere, you get an arid desert with warm climates, warm sands and bright moons. You get all that. But when you explore... And you go into these ancient 
ruins in these all these different little areas that you got to search for now you find where the beauty's hidden in elsewhere and that's yeah. what's been amazing i mean i'm level 26 i think on my necro mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm not very far in and i'll tell you mm-hmm. why i'm not very far in as we progress this evening but um I have been just taking in the sights and watching that contrast between newer construction and the ancient construction that the Khajiit just cannot bring themselves to take down and build new. They build new on top of old. I love it. Yeah. The aqueducts. Yeah. Dude. It's all there. I mean, they're just carrying water, but still it's beautiful. Right. This is gorgeous. And... Look, at the end of the day, and I think this brings us to kind of the next thing we'll talk about here, the attention to detail with this chapter is unreal. And you're talking about caverns and caves. You know, you and I both, we explored a lot of delves. We did a couple public dungeons. And let me tell you, the first delve I noticed, I I don't know if this was always the case, but attention to detail, I walk up to this cave entrance and I can just hear the... That's right. I remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm just walking up like, oh, listen to this. Listen, come here. And you're like, what? Listen. Oh, I hear it. And you just hear the whistling. And I'm like, I don't remember that being in the game before. He literally had to tell me to shut up. He goes, dude, shut up. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and what? The, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> but this, the delves in this chapter, they have upped the delve game in that a lot of delves prior, you know, I remember running in and they really were an afterthought. You know, it was really just something to get through. And you really didn't have to think too much about it. But my vibe that I've gotten so far with Elsewhere is that these are by far some of the most elaborate delves that you will go through. I'm not talking public dungeons. Just the delves are incredibly elaborate. And you truly do have to invest some time when you're going into these. Cash, remember, we're not again, we're not going to get any spoilers. We were doing a quest and we were trying to find something. And it took us. A good 45 minutes. Are you talking about the the first public dungeon we did? Yeah. Yes. And the way that that we were both surprised at how the first public dungeon was, because normally you go into a public dungeon and it's a dungeon like you're underground. Well, this was Mm -hmm. not that way. And I I don't want to get too, too much into it, but it was not this, you know, deep underground delve that you had to go into where it just keeps going down, down and down. And it's a cave system. It was not that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant the. I meant the that. Yes, to that, and I'll elaborate on that in a second. But the one that we were. It was inside a cave. Remember, we were inside, and we were. We were that's pretty much where we spent most of our game time, trying to find, um, something. Yes. You don't remember, do you? I, we were testing our rotations for our necros. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yep. That elaborate thing. We spent some time there. Now the public dungeon. You are right. That was amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, what is it, Orcrest? Orcrest. It was Orcrest, yeah. yeah. Orcrest. Uh, beautifully done. It's it's really kind of, they really kind of flipped the content on its head with this. So, yeah, you're outdoors. It's a maze. Yeah. It's a total maze. I mean, you can get turned Absolutely. around and, like, put into a corner and have to fight your way out. And I don't know if it's just because the yeah. mobs right now are probably on a really quick respawn timer just because of the traffic that's coming through. But, um... Yeah, we would find ourselves like in a corner in a, at a dead end. Like, oh my god, we got to go all the way back up and around and have to fight our way all the way back through. Now, don't get me wrong; 
we loved melting everything with dead oh, corpses yeah, the entire oh, yeah, way back. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, you can find yourself like put into a corner. But it was just a really neat take on what a public dungeon normally isn't. It was just a big, yeah. giant compound yeah. that you get to go through. And no, we won't tell you anything about the story in there. Um, you can watch our stream and figure out about the Tamrielic Tweakers. Yeah, that's a <laughs> boy. <laughs> we got a we got the Tamrielic Tweakers, and then we got the door to door religious uh, Kajiti. Yes, we did the door to door. <laughs> the guys that you usually like flip the blinds on. Yeah, they're yeah. they're out there for you to discover too. They're out there. Yeah, elsewhere. I think they were. So, um, who were they? The mm-mm, priests of. Mm-mm. Okay, I won't even say it. <laughs> yeah, but he was funny, and he was Kajiti. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, but uh, so yeah, the delves they up their 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 delve game, and um, let's let's move on to this. So, the context of the quests now. Don't get nervous again. No spoilers. Just relax. Enjoy it. The context, as far as the 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 um, the impression that I got with Somerset, you know, anytime I was talking to somebody, an NPC, it was very serious. You know, it was very like dire situation, whereas. I don't know if anyone else has caught up on this, but it's just the 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 dialogue in elsewhere feels very comedic, you know? Oh. It's very lighthearted. Totally. Just funny stuff. Yeah, and that's full Khajiiti culture. Because yeah. they downplay everything, even the most serious of situations. Unless you're Namira. She does not. Kamira? Kamira. Yeah, unless you're Kamira. She's like super drama queen. Oh, she's super ticked yeah, off because of that. She's super but, drama know, queen, but that's that's not news anyone in the So <laughs> no, but it's like um, the Khajiit almost have a like, oh, well, it's okay. This might not work out, but it's all right. Is it time for a siesta yet? That's kind of how they are. It's like, yeah. Let's go take a nap. <laughs> They're super chilled out, and I love that about yeah, them. You know, for sure, just super super chilled out. Um, so yeah, I love the the uh, funny dialogue. And, you know, going on with the dialogue, let's talk side quests for a second. I love the way the side quests are laid out and elsewhere. It's the... And, man, I I was just driving home today, and I was just thinking, it's the perfect amount. It really is the perfect amount. You're not bombarded. They're not everywhere. But it's... When you're going from point A to point B, you're not getting overrun with side quests, but they're... They're fixed perfectly through the map. Okay, so I agree and I disagree. Okay. I am afraid that once, because there's not like a giant bombardment like there is in Aradon or in Wayrest or some of the other cities, starting cities, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that I'm going to run out of content and elsewhere too fast because I'm telling you right now, this has been so far my very favorite chapter to play. Hands down. It's hands, hands down. down my favorite chapter to play. I do not yep. want it to end. And I'm I afraid I'm that's what's going to happen. And I am noticing that some of the content is spread out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping and I'm probably only about a quarter of the way through. If that. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm taking my time and really, really just absorbing everything. Yeah. But I yep. am a little afraid that there's not enough content and side quests and elsewhere. Yeah. 
And that's a good you know, worry. You know? That is a good worry. Absolutely. And, you know, really it kind of remains to be seen because you and I both, we're taking our sweet time. Yeah. We're not rushing through any of this. We're both around the same level, and we're not doing anything to rush this experience at all. And yeah. um, I find myself currently, I've found myself skipping a few side quests just because I'm like, I'm not ready for this area of the map yet. I'll come back to you. And, you know. Right. So I think there's a lot of hidden content in that it's not in your face so much. So it's kind of like you got to go look for it. Exactly. And see, I, I'm doing kind of the same thing that you are. Now, granted, yesterday we ran into the main city. Um, mm-hmm. The main city called Rimmon. Rimmon. We ran into Rimmon. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. has an outstanding crafting area. Like, if you're like oh. a if you're a Vivek City it's crafter, great. you are going to switch. Or if you're a Somerset crafter, you're going to switch and end up going to Rimmon because yeah. it's really good. everything is like right there, including turning yeah. in your Ritz. It's like everything's super close. Everything's um, beautiful there. Other than the dailies, I have not taken a single quest out of Rimmon yet because I am not finished in the very starting city. Which I'm terrible. I forgot the name of it, but Rivenhold. You're such a smart dude. Yes. So yeah. I have not take I've not finished everything in Riverhold yet. And I, I like I'm not kidding you. Um folks in Lore Seekers, if you see me popping in and popping out, um I'm not trying to be rude. I just can't read press text and listen to it and read lore books and stuff while people are talking about you know their work day. I love you all. And your work days are super <laughs> important to me. But man, I've been waiting for this. Yep. So yeah. Um, if I'm a little yep. bit more absent right now, just kind of look on the little thing and you'll see Cast the Lore Seeker is playing Elder Scrolls Online right now. I am just soaking everything in and I have read so yeah. many hilarious lore books. There's one on the Angry Alfique. Hi. Oh, yeah. If you run yeah. into that one, take the time <laughs> to read it because you piss yourself. It's freaking great. It's yep. just good good stuff and that brings me to another point that i want to hit oh my i have two points real real quick here and we're gonna i want to talk i want to flesh these both out with you bro yeah the first one is the bards Mm. the bards in Mm -hmm. elsewhere are incredible now i say this because i'm so excited that they're so amazingly better then the bards in Somerset, <laughs> dude. Amen to that. Those Somerset bards were, were I'm, okay. Terrible. Everybody involved with that. I'm sorry. Holy I crap! Love you guys so much, but I hated we couldn't the bards say that, in Somerset. But those bards were just yeah. That was awful. Not the case was, in elsewhere. The ones in elsewhere are fantastic. Yeah. So in um, in Riverhold, you walk into the Banished Regrets, which is the inn, and the bard is, oh my god, is this spoiler? It's not spoiler. Come on, people. She's sitting at a table, and she's playing this, I can't, don't even know what the heck this thing is. It's like a sits on her lap type of yeah, guitar thing. Some of our lap-based string instrument on her lap. Artemis from our guild knew the name of what this thing was. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know. I couldn't find anything in the lore. Anyway, she's mm-hmm. playing this thing, and she Dulcimer. has... Thank you, chat. Dulcimer. Thank you. Oh, my God. I feel so dumb. Her chat is so much smarter than I am. Anyway. Well, yeah. So she's playing this thing, and her her voice is like... She's Adra. It's 
beautiful. It's perfect. She is just singing this tale of moon sugar and Khajiit and their culture. And I am enthralled. I look around me when I walk in. There's probably six or seven players standing around the table drinking and eating like doing the emotes for drinking and eating and they're just listening to her play yeah i was blown the f away yeah i love and uh, chat's cor- correcting it's now called a, z- a zither zither a zither a zither miss oma but, thank uh, you yeah they um i i like it i love it man um, as a musician, it was hard to listen to the Somerset Bard. I did not like it at all. And I come to Merkmeyer, and I'm like, this is funny. I like listening to her songs. But after a while, I'm just like, you can only listen to a much of this. And so I'm I'm done there. <laughs> and then I, you know, I go to elsewhere, and I'm like, thank the divines. Right. So the no. one song in Somerset about Sirabone, Sirab. Oh my god! Oh did gosh. I want a bullet through my face <laughs> every time I ran by there and heard her saying that? I'm like, oh my god! I just want to trip her. Uh, <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt. Snip those strings. I just want to knock that freaking loot out of your hands for five seconds. Yeah. 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 I, I um. That was tough. That was tough. And so I love the fact, and I think you even brought it up, that that's the same voiceover artist, possibly. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the, the same. The elsewhere. But it's it's the fact that, that she uses the accent, you know, the Kijiti accent. Right. And the, the music, the instrument was different. It just changed everything. And it's so much more pleasing to listen to. Yeah, it's. Um, I was just blown away. And there's some other things that are taking place inside... And then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let him go, but if you enjoy Kajidi culture, um, just v- v- take the time to go look at these things and walk into the inns and just soak it in, because it is so impressive what you learn. And like I was not like the biggest Kajit fan. I now have like four Khajiit in my arsenal of characters <laughs> and I'm just in love with them. They're like rivaling the yeah. Bosmer for me at this point, just because they have grown on me so much and elsewhere just shot it to the moon. Absolutely. You know, and one thing that I agree, Khajiit, I love their mentality. They're so incredibly welcoming. I go there and I saw a Bosmer just selling or, or I think she was, um, like she did tales or dances or something, and you could just tell, like the Bosmer there are super happy. Yeah, you know she was a bo- she's something a Bosmer, for a Bosmer. Yeah, the one in in Riverhold, she's a Bosmer hooker for sure. Oh, so that's what she it's was. It's disgusting. Have you talked to and that amazing that tries to tries to she makes a sensual remark? No, in the tavern. You are so reserved. Well, you know this is we're trying to keep this as family as possible. Here. Yeah, family's <laughs> but, uh, family. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I want to know where she's at because I'm immediately going to her. Thank you, folks, for joining us tonight. Um, she uh, she really gets into detail there for a hot second. So anyway, there's Ugh. that. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, dragons. You know, I think uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but now dragons, I love that system. And really, if anything, they really upped the game here again with, I want to do this more than Dolman's. 
I know Dolmen's a, level, a good level grind, but this right here, you get great loot. It's dynamic feeling, and because just the pathing, you know, the way they go around, and it feels randomized. I love it, man. I love this system. The um, the XPs aren't that good, though. I noticed that. Yeah, the XPs are not that. very fruitful. So I can't right. see people doing this in um, as a replacement for Dolmens because it's not as fast. Sure, it's I way more fun. Better. And the, yeah, yeah, the way loot more is fun. Definitely better. And you have the opportunity at um, you know, some more rare loot too. As opposed to yeah. Dolmen's, like eh, you're gonna sure. you're gonna get the the area loot, and that's pretty much it. You know the stuff right. that uh, that drops in that particular zone. And right. what are you gonna do? You're gonna break that down. Yeah, um, exactly. The one thing I will say though about uh, some of the loot that you get here, there the sets are pretty damn good, and they drop repeatedly. The Alfique set, the oh, uh, crafty Alfique set, is an outstanding oh. starter set. Oh my god, it gives you like 7,000 plus Magicka. So I'm bouncing around on a level 26 Magicka Necro with uh, like 35,000 uh, Magicka. Yeah. Which is insane. So yeah. like, what I'm hoping is that by the time I hit 50 and I lose all of my pre-50 bonuses, that it just doesn't completely square kick got both of them in the nuts <laughs> to my magic and necro because right now and i know yeah. we're going to talk about this mm -hmm. my magic and necro is a freaking powerhouse mm. yeah, so man. fun should we go <sighs> you think we should it feels right i got more to talk about with the world let's talk let's talk more about the world then because okay. i don't want to rush this this is we only ever get to do this once but you tell me what to do again you're a good passive aggressively. You're a good forest wife. I'm the I'm the perfect hashtag wife. You're the best apparently. forest wife. You're disgusting. So are you? We've only been married <laughs> two days. In game. Take the trash out. In game. Trash out. Catalan. Okay. Clean the bark marsh. So I uh, today I did notice um, over the past couple of days I have noticed that there are some incredibly iconic characters that make their return. Oh, and yes. I will not tell you which ones, but you're gonna like them. One of them, I was running through the desert today, and I saw him at a distance. And I just about had a little tiny Khajiit kitten of my oh, own. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you who it is. You're probably gonna know, know based on what I just said. But when I oh saw him, gosh. I was over I was over the moons and I ran straight to him and talked to him. So anyway, yeah, he's there. Um mm. there are some other very iconic characters in Elder Scrolls lore that make an appearance in different aspects of the game. So yeah, I kind of just don't want Yeah, I really and I don't want to well, let Let's it talk go. minor because we can talk minor Somerset characters that returned. Remember, at Rimmon, at the the oh yeah uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah go for it totally. Um, so I forget his name, the Nord. Yeah, is, is it Zuri? Zuri? I forget. Zuret? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But the 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 Nord that you do a quest line in Somerset that basically he's trying to get to see the queen. Right. He's there. He's back. 
<laughs> he's back. Hey, you and run into him and you're like, oh my god, guess who's back? Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna run all over Rigor the place. Rigor to Brash, thank you again, Matt. Rigor to Brash. Thank you, yes. You guys are on Miss it. Oma, thank you very much. Uh, I love her chat. Um, so yeah, Rigor's back. And then on top of that, just not even 50 feet away from him, you wrap around the corner and there's one of the the masked entertainers. Um, what's their names? Uh, from Somerset. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, House of Reveries. Jester, House of Reveries. The, House of Reveries, yes. Right. So they're back and you talk to her and she's like, oh, you know, I was so, I was so excited to come to summer, from Somerset to see more things. And I was like, nice callback right there. Yeah. Nice callback. You know, it's just like, but you go. It just excited. to me, I like the details. If anything, exactly. this expansion has done, it's the fine details where they've interwoven things together, where it feels like it's, it really feels like it's continued. You know, like this is the first chapter. Yes, if you do the lore from the other chapters, you know, they, the stories do connect. But I feel this outside the main story for the first time, ever. And I love that just because of the fine details. And you you nailed it. You nailed my thought process. And the reason being is because of this. When I hear people rushing from level one to level 50, I'm not kidding you. It freaking hurts my soul. A developer loses his wings and it <laughs> yeah. his or her wings. And it makes me super sad. Because when you take the time to stop and smell the roses and read the lore books and listen to the things that these characters are telling you, it lends to the amount of genius and care and love yeah. that goes into the story. It is yeah. incredible. I'll read a lore book and just I'll sit there for five minutes. I am not a fast reader, my friends, which is why I'm a big fan of Audible. <laughs> I'm not a fast reader. So I will sit there and read a lore book, especially ones that are like five pages. I'll read it for five minutes and read it twice. I don't care. But I absorb what has gone on in the writing of that. And now that like, I'm you know, writing our own storyline and writing lore lessons for our show, I have a much bigger appreciation for what it takes to be able to write content like that. And some of the stuff... I don't even compare to in my own writing. I'm like, the, this is why these people are professional writers. They are so witty and they just nail the class or the race so, so well when you're reading a lore book from a Khajiiti perspective. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. so impressive. Yeah. The writing in this chapter is exceptional. Even Alfred Molina, he made that comment in that video regarding mm -hmm. um, uh, Abner. He said, you know, Abner could have just told somebody to say shut up, but he didn't. He went through this elaborate means of first implying, letting them know why they're so insignificant. And then he said something else in regards to, like, shut up. Right. And so it's just the extra mile with the writing here is, it's great. Yeah. And and it, even really, really good. Um, Alfred Molina followed it up with, and that's just good writing. When exactly. you hear that from an actor... Yeah, that's pretty impressive that like all they do is read scripts and bring them to yeah. life. So when yeah. you hear somebody say that about a video game, it lends to the amount of talent that is sitting behind the desk at us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I just I love it, man. Um, Rimen is a great city. 
go check it out. It's it's really well laid out. It's beautiful. I love the you know whenever you're going through Remen, the Khajiit do something different with their way shrines. They really make a point to make them elaborate looking. They dress them with tapestries. You've got urns, um, you know, where they're uh, where they're burning some kind of incense, and it's just they've kind of upped everything to the next level. And one thing that they've included well in the dialogue is necromancy. Oh, is that a it's thing? It's that time. It's that time. Uh, they, it's a common occurrence. It feels like whenever you're talking to a Khajiit, that somehow, some way, you'll hear something of the undead or necromancer. Cash, we have been waiting to freaking talk about this. Yeah. Since we saw it in January in San Fran. We've been talking about this since we started the show. We always said, what's the one thing we wanted? Aside from the bard and the tinker, what's the one thing we wanted? Yeah. And it was the necromancer. Now, mm-hmm. I'm just going to open this up and let you start. Because you kind of know where I'm going to go. So, necromancer, man. We're in it. Finally. It plays well. You and I were testing stuff. It's good. <laughs> it is. But how come your necromancer is still wearing that white wedding dress? That's creepy AF. Well, you know, it scares away the it scares away the uh, Uraxians. It turns out it's like including your forest husband. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like bleach on jeans. It scares away the color in jeans. So you know. You're such a redneck. Yeah, so anyway, um, the necromancer. I'm just going to flat out say it. Jibs and I have been waiting for our forever class, and this is to take nothing away from the other classes, but the necromancer has everything that we have been waiting for, and we did not touch it on the public test server. I think we're pretty vocal about that, that we were going to wait and just experience this, and I think we both went into this with bated breath, wanting it to be something that we absolutely loved. And both Jibs and I had probably three or four holy <laughs> moments when we were mm-hmm. playing. And, and as we were, as our characters were building, I mean, our characters are still building, but as we'd get a new skill, it was like, <gasps> oh my God, you gotta mm-hmm. be kidding me. This is so fun. Like, and just, I'm not going to lie. I've looked at a few builds but I have not committed anything to memory. Mm -hmm. So for Jibs and I, I think it was a lot of trial and error with things as simple as not just picking skills up on, on in the necro line, but moving them from one spot to another on your bar and making these little discoveries and having it be an organic discovery that, Oh, if I use this skill first in my rotation, it will boost my damage by 20%. And Oh, look, I went from 10,000 DPS to 20,000 DPS. Yeah. It's a thing. And it was really, really fun for us. And by the way, we both rolled rolled Magicka Necros. I -hmm. rolled a Khajiiti Magicka Necro and Jibs rolled a Dark Elf Magicka Necro. Mm -hmm. And at our low levels, we're only halfway Mm -hmm. to cap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're 25-ish or probably 30-ish around there. Mm -hmm. They're beasts absolute beasts do we think a nerf is coming yes yes we do but every single 
line is formidable on the necro. Jibs. Okay. I have... I feel like been a wanderer in ESO for the past year. I have... I love and I appreciate every you know every class there's something that I really appreciate about them but there was never really something that resonated and I, I just for the first time ever I feel like I have found my class and it's not a a I hope this works out or I hope this sticks or I hope this build I'm not using any builds I say screw builds I'm doing my own build. I want to figure this crap out and just take it to max the best I can. And if I need tips along the way, so be it. But I don't want I don't want to be influenced. I don't want anyone's opinions in my mind about it. And so that's why when you and I were working through things, it was awesome experience. You know, we were working through our rotations together, figuring out how we could improve things, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so I now find myself feeling like I have my class. This is my class. It resonates with me on so many levels. They're uh, by society, they're the outcast. I mean, you walk around with, in real life with my kind of last name. Trust me, especially when you're younger. Yeah, you got some crap for it. So you felt like the outcast. <laughs> His you, last you know, name is asses. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> Who does that to somebody? You know, fun fact. I googled that, and apparently, we were named after having a large ass. So, thank you, ancestors. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> 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 And apparently we're from Vikings, Nordic area. So yeah, suck it. Yeah, Vikings right, so are yeah. sadistic. Yeah, I know we're kind of psychotic. Nords. So uh, yeah, man. But uh, you know, so I I resonate with that. You know, I resonate the fact that you're disdained in in some area of your life, and so you know, people look at you differently. They judge you by the cover before reading the book. And you know, just with the necromancer, I love that that lore. Look at chat blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> Big juicy bunch. You were so <laughs> thick they had to commemorate it for the descendants. <laughs> Skuma cat, that made my night. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. I need to screenshot that. All right. Oh, that's hilarious. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I love, I resonate with a lot with this class. I love what it stands for. I love because, you know, there's more to a necromancer than just, ah, immortal, ah, power. There's more to them than that, especially when you read the lore and you really make an effort to understand a necromancer. And so I love the fact that they're in game. I love the way that it plays. And earlier in the show, I said this is a very special episode for reasons that you don't even know. Reason. You're <laughs> still laughing about chat. <laughs> uh, dude, I want to interact with chat so bad right now. They are amazing tonight. Uh, you know, it's a very special, special time. Because our very first episode, when we very first announced to the world who we are, everything, you know, still trying to figure stuff out. Your eyes are almost red from <laughs> I'm blowing kisses to chat. They're amazing. <laughs> The very first episode that we dropped, Volume 1, Episode 1, was named Dragon Bound. We yeah. were bound for dragons with Scale Caller. And I feel like it's officially come full circle for me. Because I feel as though 
I have restarted elsewhere or elsewhere ESO all over again. I feel like for the first time I am rediscovering this game, and it's just been a complete restart for me in so many ways. And I can't describe to you the feeling when you finally find your class. You know, yeah. When you finally find something that you really enjoy, because now when I play. I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to say it. I feel like I'm at total peace when I'm playing. You know, like, I am just oh like, Oh, my God, oh. dude. You're, like, you're, like, uplifting my heart right now. You know what I mean, though? Yes. I totally get what, what you're what you're saying Thank now. You. I have, like, this innate love of this game anyway. So if this yeah. class didn't work out for me, I would have gone right back to my um, my Khajiit Nightblade, my Magicka Nightblade, yeah. and just played the crap out of him and loved him. Uh, but no, 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 no. The Necro has also renewed my love for ESO. And like it, like you're saying, you feel like this renews a start for the game for you? Yeah. I feel the same way. Like, And I am not... I don't feel daunted by it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like this overwhelming, heavy feeling like, oh my god, I gotta do everything over again. I'm freaking so excited to start yeah. everything from scratch. Including crafting, yeah. like th- like my Kajidi Necro is going to be my second Master Crafter. Notice I didn't say Grand Master Crafter because I just ain't that epic. But he's going <laughs> to be my second Master Crafter. I'm doing everything on this character. When I'm done with Elsewhere, I am going right back to my lore lesson on the chronology of ESO. And I'm going to start square one and just start going. That's how I feel about the Necro. That's how I feel about how much I enjoy the play style. Yeah. So I get what you're saying about not looking at, you know, builds and just wanting to do your own thing. I completely respect that. And I give you this because I feel that you're smarter than me in this regard. I like guides a little bit more. So yeah, dots, all cast. I'm looking at your stuff and I'm enjoying it. Oh, I'm using yes. it as I, there's a, nothing wrong with that. I'm using it as a template. I don't care yes. if I miss a couple thousand DPS in the end game. I want to be able to watch my character execute a skill and be like, that is badass. For instance, yeah. the skill that I gained today. I forget what it's called. Look, I don't pay attention to the nitty-gritty details of all this stuff. But when I can raise a skeleton, he'll stay at my side for like 20 seconds, 16, 17 seconds. Like I want that guy by my side all the time. But how awesome is that? I'm spamming it every 15 seconds to keep the skeleton at my side. It is so fun to play that. And then, oh, darn, look, I'm losing health. I might die. Bar swap, resto, resto staff. All these different healing spells, and I love the healing spells and the shielding spells on yeah. the Necro because it's so gritty and it's so come out of the ground and saved my soul. It yeah. is just good. They it's executed beautiful. it so well. And yeah. I'm running like the I'm looking at this battlefield and everything that I've killed, and there's a corpse on the ground that I can utilize. Yeah. I don't care if I need it or not. I'm bar swapping and healing myself just to consume one of those corpses. Yes, I'm <laughs> just, going just by for fun. <laughs> it just because it's awesome. It looks so cool. Yeah. Like the ultimate, the DPS alt with the dude comes out it's of the ground. Insane. And it, you and I both, 
at the same time initiated that alt yesterday, and that was so cool Dude, to watch. It was great. It hits like a truck. Yeah. So yeah. to summarize, Jibs and I have found our classes. We are so pleased. And granted, I haven't hit Endgame with it. The one thing that I will say about it is you do have to pay attention to what order you're using things for your rotation. If I am to compare it with anything, I would say it has the accessibility and the increased DPS of a Sork. But it does have some air of com- of complexity, but it's not mm-hmm. as complex as like a Magicka Nightblade. Mm-hmm. Where you absolutely have to make sure that you're doing these things and keeping certain things up. There's a mm-hmm. little bit more forgivability in it, and you can still keep your DPS up with a Necro. A Magicka Necro. That's all that I have experience with. I don't have experience in a full healing Necro yet, which I will. And I do not have experience in a full tank Necro yet, which I will. I'm probably not going to roll a Stamina Necro right now. I have two, you know, mm-hmm. three classes to master before mm-hmm. I get to that. And that's just because right. of my playstyle preference. But yeah. the Magicka Necro, so far, is a metric crap ton of fun. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to kind of, again, summarize my feels on it. Uh, I went to a dungeon. We had a Necro tank flawlessly did it no problem level 20 healing the healing tree is fantastic with the necro um the dps skill line is great now that being said cash and i like he said we're both doing dps we're going to keep elaborating on this probably in the coming weeks and months as we progress through these characters and really kind of get into the details of them there's only one qualm that i have and it's extremely petty i just want to say that right up front very petty with the the cool thing about the necromancer is whenever you res in a battleground, your guy he doesn't just appear and start you take off. He floats in the air like he's rising from the dead, and he goes, <gasps> and then you take off. Shut up. There is yeah, it's pretty awesome. There is a moment, and I know it can probably just look. This is ignorance talking. Probably can be hot fixed or whatever needs to be done. Something in the coding. But it's almost like the game freezes for a second before you do that. And it's like every, your game totally just, for half a second, just stops. Hmm. Interesting. And so I think if that gets cleared up, dude, this game has so, this game, this class has an incredible amount of flexibility. I would not be surprised if people, if you're running Magicka, that you pull in some Stam skills, because I think those can be just as applicable for your character. And maybe one on, a, on one of your bars. Um, there's a lot of very unique morphs. Uh, I think if anything, this class is going to be great for experimental builds. It's going to be a great time for a lot of people. And, and again, to, to mention earlier too, um, I have nothing against builds. There's nothing wrong with people who make builds, etc. I'm just choosing not to use one. Um, go check them out. You know, uh, Dots Gaming does a great, great job. Love his stuff. So anyway, dude. One more thing. Yeah. I know that we wanted to hit Necro super bad, and I'm glad that we hit it the way that we did. Yeah. Um, there's one last thing that I want to hit in uh, in my notes on Elsewhere highlights uh, for my experience over the last few days. I think I know where you're going. It's re- it's really simple, yep. and I I I think it's alluding to something that may be coming. It's minor. I know exactly where you're going. It's minor, but it's big to me. 
Okay? Yep. Anyway, there is a traveling merchant. Yep. <laughs> on the road, walking around elsewhere. She is wearing a backpack. Yeah. Never seen that on a character before. And this Ever. backpack has a torch on it. Looks like a merchant's type backpack. And I personally think that this is a hint at something that Zoss may have coming in the future. Would you imagine how awesome our characters already look if at some point we get to affix a traveler's backpack to your character? She's wandering around. Just go find her. Look at it. It looks perfect on her back. Yeah. You know what? We'd also be great with that. Cloaks. Cloaks and backpacks. No capes. No capes? No capes. My God. No, I'm totally fine. My God, you've gotten fat. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell parents. You can totally tell parents. We're totally parents. Man, you started loving these kids' movies after a while. They're good. Um, yeah, so that, and then... She looks awesome, though. She looked awesome, so I think that is possibly alluding to something in the future. Um, you know, we've already barked up a bunch of trees about the things that we want to see in the game, but that would be an outstanding addition to the game, and now we know that they can do it. Yep. You cannot fool me. One more quick point. Uh, Yeah. I want to say a personal on-the-air thank you to Jibs for pretty incredible gift today something that he knew that i would have loved to get but i'm doing it anyway so jibs gifted me with the um treasure hunters personality and i post isn't that the coolest it's the coolest freaking thing ever dude and i posted it up on twitter um my character literally walks around with a torch now in the dark going like this looking up and doing his thing for what we do with Lore Seekers and what kind of our whole persona is and the reliquary, if you follow our storyline, we're all yep. about delves exactly. and treasure hunting and being in dark places looking for relics. And so that was pretty freaking cool, dude. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. It's the coolest personality. You go into a cave yeah. and you're, you. I love it because it really is lighting my way. It really did help me get through a cave earlier. Yeah. Just from using the torch. Now I just... And he's looking... I just need... He's really looking for stuff and... I just need you to log in and see the reciprocation. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to wrap the show up. All right. So, again, um, we only ever get to do an episode like this once a year. The next big show for us is E3. And that behind the scenes is usually chaotic as F because you've got info coming from all of the places. And so you've got that episode, but then you got this one. And it's so incredibly special. Right. Um, so we hope you really enjoyed our first impressions. We're going to keep going through this. We're going to keep chewing on this in the coming weeks. Um, we will be doing a, again, we will be doing a spoiler episode. That'll be a kind of a one-off kind of thing um, where we will talk spoilers. And so you can look forward to that as well for those who are interested. So we want to know what you think. And again, we were going to bring the mail carrier back this week, but we decided against it just because we knew this would take some time. We ain't got I no really time. want to hear from you. We just ain't got no time. We ain't got no time for that. But uh, I really want to hear from you. Call us. Tell us about your Elsewhere experience. What do you think of it? What are your first impressions? It's really important. I want to hear from you all. 
6961. Leave us your voicemails. Try to keep it around a minute or less, and then we can uh, possibly use it in the show. You can also email us your questions, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to find more info about us, loreseekerspodcast.com. So, <sighs> yeah. Yep. I'm going to aim this lore lesson spell right at your nuts. All right. Well, you know, it just kind of polishes it off with uh, the old dragons I've dealt with this week. All right, fine. I'll step back. Chips, it's the Lord. Keep your mouth shut. My turn. Okay, Dad. (laughs) So this one should not take too long. I know we were a little bit long-winded, and some of our folks are actually okay with long shows, but... um, yeah, this should be uh, a longer show, but the lore lesson will not take up too much of your time. I wanted to hit, I was really considering doing one certain topic, but I think I'm going to hold until I can see more of elsewhere and really gauge how much they talk about this particular topic. That particular topic is the Akaviri. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as far as I'll go in telling you that the Akaviri is mentioned in elsewhere, and it makes total sense. But... Um, you can yep. look for a future very robust lore lesson on the Akaberry. Right now, I am going to talk about somebody who you already know. This is non-spoilerish. This information was already out there prior to the game launching, uh, prior to the expansion launching. And it was this was actually brought out there by Zoss themselves. So I'm basically summarizing information that was already available but a lot of people don't read this stuff so i wanted to bring it to you anyway but anyway you know that abner tharn's relative uraxia tharn is a major part of the storyline in elsewhere well she has some people that are i won't necessarily say under her employ but i'll say that are working with her and are currently allied with her now that may right. change in the future, but let's talk a little bit about how the storyline is currently unfolding. And do not worry, this lore lesson is absolutely 100% spoiler free, and I will never endeavor to sour your experience in elsewhere. Until later, during our spoiler episode. I will warn you. <laughs> so, let's get more acquainted with some of the characters that you're going to encounter as you embark upon your journey in the native lands of the Khajiit. We're going to detail two of the major players in Euraxia, the Usurper Queen's ranks. The first mm-hmm. one is Zumog Foom. If you are oh, on man. Twitter, yeah, dude. Oh, man. If you're on Twitter, then you know who Zumog Foom the Orc is. He actually took over Elder Scrolls Online's Twitter for the day, and it was a really cool exchange between uh, Zumog Foom and the people. And then the second person we're going to talk about is not a person at all. It is a fearsome dragon by the name of Mulamnir. So we'll talk about him too. Yeah. Um, But those two were both detailed in the Meet the Character um, articles that took place on the Elder Scrolls Online's website. So the first one we're going to cover is Zumogfu. Serving Euraxia Tharn at her side as her court wizard. Zumog Foom is an orc necromancer and the master at necromancy. 
As a matter of fact, he's deemed himself the Lord of the Dark Arts. He hails from the harsh wilds of northern Rothgar. Zumog Foom is dedicated to the study and progression of necromancy throughout the land. The Orc Necromancer has been rumored to be a ranked member in the Order of the Black Worm, and also that he had been taught the art of necromancy by Manamarco himself. But that information is currently unsubstantiated. Zumog Foom has been at Euraxia Tharn's side ever since her invasion of Rimen, and she holds his council in very, very high regard. Because of his lofty position with the Usurper Queen, Foom is afforded the luxury of powerful resources, including a small army of underling necromancers. The rising power of Euraxia and her forces has caused an influx of these, influx of these necromancers to join her cause but mostly because they want to practice their craft and learn from the master of the dark arts, Zumog Foom himself. Mm. So that's a big part of why a lot of these new necromancers are coming to Euraxia's aid is because they want to learn from Zumog Foom. Right. At the center of their preparations, Euraxia and Foom have created several cadaver forges to fortify her army. Grave robbing, as you know, particularly from mass graves in the uh, during the Kanatan flu outbreak, there's these mass graves of Khajiit that were put together. Well, robbing these graves has become rampant in the region of elsewhere. I think we've already talked about how easy it is to rob graves. Yeah, elsewhere. they just cover, uncover the rocks. They cover I them mean, with rocks. They yeah. <laughs> don't. Dig prime pickings, man. Dude, it's siesta time. They do not have time to dig holes. It's like, oh, huh. it's okay. You put some rocks on top. It will eventually go away. I mean, yeah. Right. It's biodegrade. So, <laughs> so corpses are a large commodity in elsewhere just because of their practices and burying their dead or lack mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So the reason for this is most likely to feed Foom's forges and create an army of the undead. So you wonder why this large operation is taking place in elsewhere in the first place. Eh, corpses are easy to get. So it has been said that one can feel the aura of death whenever they are in the presence of Zumog Foom. And there have been rumors amongst his own troops of a much grander plan by Zumog Foom, much more than what Queen Euraxia has in mind. But these rumors, mind you, in extracting any plausible intelligence from Foom's minion have proven to be very unreliable because they're very yeah. tight-lipped about it. Hashtag season of the dragon. Right. So it seems to me, and it's not just, it's not just Zumog Foom. The next person I'm going to talk about may also have ulterior motives. The next non-person. The next beast. And that's a perfect segue to Mulamir. Mulamir the dragon. As part of her twisted plan to invade elsewhere, Queen Euraxia and Zumog Foom, with a little unexpected help from Abnertharn, pun intended, dragons have been unearthed from the depths of the halls of Colossus. Not new information, people. 
No spoilers. One of the most powerful dragons of those that emerged from the halls is named Mulamnir. His name literally means strong serve hunt in the dragon's language. He is a massive beast armored in azure colored scales. That's blue. I had to look it up. Appreciate that. Not a color guy. Anyway. Mm. At the summoning of Queen Euraxia, quite possibly from the fact that she assisted in releasing Mulamnir and many of his fellow dragonkind, Mulamnir vowed an alliance between his fellow dragon brothers and the Usurper Queen. Alliances and agreements between dragons and other species is very unheard of when the history of the beasts is considered. Most dragons in ancient tales were very solitary. They competed mostly among themselves. Even though they ravaged the land, they competed mostly amongst themselves. Mm. However, the group of dragons that emerged from the halls of Colossus on that day were very different. They were united in a way that dragons had never been united before. They were bonded as brothers and they seemed to have some type of a shared purpose. Perhaps the reason for the isolation they had experienced being locked away in the massive halls lent to a sense of companionship and perhaps even family. Interesting. That's opinion. I'm just saying that's just my opinion. Uh Uh But when they came out, it was not like the dragons of old. They were united. Yeah. Not normal for that to be that way. Correct. So Mulamnir is a massive beast with an incredible arsenal of skills and strength in combat. I will not go into it too much, but you will run into Mulamnir in the storyline. Mm-hmm. His physical power is very impressive. He's He's been witnessed accomplishing unmatched feats on the battlefield. For one example alone, he landed in the middle of a large contingent of Khajiiti soldiers and obliterated them with nothing but his teeth, claws, and tail. Didn't use anything else. But in addition to the dragon's physical prowess, he is also adept in storm magic, fire breathing, and traditional weapons of the dragon's voice. Mulamnir, larger and more powerful than his dragon brethren, is absolutely a flying weapon of mass destruction. Well, okay. I have a newfound respect for this guy already. <laughs> He's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in addition to all that, dragons have an incredibly high degree of intellect that rivals or quite possibly surpasses that of men or myrrh. Knowledge in lore, especially keen to the phases of the moons in elsewhere, Master and Secunda, Mulamnir keeps some degree of secrecy between himself and his fellow dragons. In his alliance with Queen Euraxia, he has proven to be a point of frustration for her and her leadership because they don't quite know if Mulamnir has a hidden agenda. Neither do we. Hopefully we'll find out. Hmm. So for many Khajiit that refuse to accept the rule of Queen Euraxia, they face the wrath of Mulamnir and his dragon kin. However, the dragon leader only seems willing to lend one dragon at a time to Euraxia's forces, further causing frustration to her leadership 
as the whole of the Dragon Horde could undoubtedly conquer the entire region in no time at all. This, however, may be a blessing in disguise, because the dragons don't seem to care much about distinguishing between the Khajiit and Jaraxia's forces. He lays waste, all the dragons lay waste to the battlefield with no regard for their own friendly soldiers. As a matter of fact, the dragons, the dragons seem to kind of revel in the destruction. They don't care who they kill. They just want to kill. <laughs> right. So led by Mulemur, uh, the horde of the recently released dragons is an immeasurable boon to Euraxia's forces. Through his study of the dragons, Euraxia's royal strategist by the name of Centurion Jagus has also recently learned of an additional fact. Straight from the maw of Mulemur himself. Mulemur does not claim to be the lead dragon. As a matter of fact, he defers his leadership to an even more powerful dragon called Calgrantid. Not mm -hmm. much of this creature is currently known. So, yeah. Ooh. As I said before, both of these amazing characters, both Zumog Foom and Milnir, were featured in Meet the Character articles on Elder Scrolls Online's official website. That is my source for this particular lore lesson. Wow, man. Yeah. Any more than that, and I'd be spoiling some of the story, and I absolutely will not do that for you. you got to go and experience it for yourself. Yeah. I, you know, as we get ready to wrap things up, I, uh, first off, nice pull, because I really thought we were doing the Akaviri. Aha, I'm like, got him. You, you threw me for a loop. Yeah. But, uh, I just, there's so many things that have been done right with this expansion that I can't wait for you all to get out there and enjoy it and really experience it. I would say, if anything, as we you know continue to chew through elsewhere in the coming weeks, when you get into elsewhere, take your time. You are going to do the greatest disservice to yourself. You're not taking your time. Right. Take your time and enjoy it. You only get that first time once. So, Particularly if you love Khajiit. Oh, yeah. Just this, take your time. Shout out to Caddy Jax. It, You're at home here, honey. It's so good. I love it. It's so good. So good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, we hope you enjoyed our first impressions episode of Elsewhere. This was episode five of volume four. And, you know, we know you guys are using all kinds of outlets to listen to our show, and we love and appreciate that. But if you're listening through iTunes, we appreciate to hear from you with your review. For every five-star review that we get, we'll show you some love with a shout-out on the show. First one being here from Guar from USA says, I listened to this podcast on my way to work and during the workday. I love ESO lore so much and enjoy hearing Jibs and Cash share the same enthusiasm. Both of them, I like how he says both, not just you, both of them are knowledgeable of the lore and explore it together during the show, which I enjoy. I also like the tips for newer players. I just started playing ESO in March. Oh, that's awesome. Welcome. Keep staying enthusiastic and let me know if you have a Patreon. On the show, you can let me know your favorite ESO creature. Mine is Guar and Bantam Guar. Oh my god, I love this guy. I like him too. I love this guy. He wants to give us money and he likes Quars. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. So just a quick mention on Patreon. Um, we I know we have a Twitch and we have a bunch of people that subscribe to us on Twitch and we're like, holy crap, are you kidding me? We love you people. But um, 
I think we're still going to stay away from Patreon. And the reason being is because we don't want to take money from you. We want to give you things. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. more what we want to do. So um, we, we really appreciate uh, right. our subs on Twitch and stuff. And that's probably going to be the max for us. But we appreciate yeah. the offer of supporting us on Patreon. Thank you. Yeah. That. So Twitch. And then we've got a shop. If you want to buy some merch, official Lord Seeker oh, merch, yeah. you can do that. LordSeekersPodcast.com. Click on, I think it's merch or shop at the top. I forget. But uh, anyway, my favorite character would be, I forget the name of the mob, but it's a Deidre, and I remember the, the monster set is called Night Flame. Night Flame, um, you have them as your background on your laptop, I think. Not anymore. Oh, okay. I have my necro well, you did. as my background now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it's not Deidre, that's not right. But anyway, check it out. Um, all right, so thanks so much for the review. We appreciate you. Uh, Rabid Wolverine from USA says, I listen to as many Elder Scrolls podcasts as I can, and while they're all good, I find this to be my favorite. Jibs and Cash are awesome. You can really tell they are great friends, and it truly adds to the dynamic. Ah, wait a second there. It's, that's not true. It's an act. Jibs is actually, he's a full-on <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> okay, you can keep going. It's a good one. <laughs> they cover news lore. And even their own community fanfic. P.S. He said, I can't wait for Fridays to roll around because I know I'll be getting a fresh episode to listen to. The Lore Seekers community is also amazing, and I recommend everyone to join the game guilds, in game guilds, as well as the Discord server. Keep up the great work, and I'll try not to go full Bosmer waiting for the next episode. P.S. I wouldn't complain if the episodes were longer. <laughs> well, there you go. You got there your you wish go. tonight, Rapid Wolverine. Thank you very much. That was a pretty kick ass review. Agreed. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate you. Uh, again, you can call us 765-382-6961. Leave us your voicemails. Uh, if you want them to possibly be featured in the show, try to keep them around a minute or less. You can always email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. And you can join us at our official Lord Seekers Guild, loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Uh, we got a new page there. It tells you everything there on our new site. Download Discord, join the Discord server, and... You uh, type slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel, and uh, your app will be automatically DM'd to you in Discord. You can find the show wherever podcasts are free, and don't forget to subscribe if you want to get your episodes automatically to your device every Friday morning. Now, I can tell you this one may come up a little bit later than usual, just because i got to edit it all down, but it'll be ready for you. To, if you're listening, if you're here for the recording... By the way, we recorded the day before Friday, so yesterday, if you're listening on Friday. Uh, Cash, where can they follow us on Twitter? You can follow us on Twitter at LoreSeekersCast. You can hit us up on Instagram at LoreSeekers. And you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LoreSeekersPodcast. You, did you already hit you and I on Twitter? Nope. Ah, I'll get that. Edit. Anyway, you can follow Jibs at JibsIRL on Twitter and Cash at LoreSeekerCash. And the cash is with a K. There you go. You guys have a great week in gaming. We can't wait for you getting elsewhere. If you're already into it, we hope you love it just as much as we do. Take care. Stay safe. Stay awesome. We freaking love you. Take care. Dilly freaking dilly. Episode 4. Prindar was fast asleep as Singe looked over the invitation to join Tharn's secret mission. 
Although he didn't see many of these missives being handed out during his investigation today, he wondered why Tharn would have invited multiple adventurers to join him in the first place. Perhaps what he was doing was such an undertaking it would require a small army of seasoned explorers to join. Or perhaps he was only taking a few and the missive was just the first step in his selection process. Either way, Singe knew that he was instructed to not get involved. His job was to find out what Tharn was up to and bring it back to the guild. Observe and report. That was to be the extent of it. The next morning, Sinjin Krindar set up a small surveillance post under the guise of traveling merchants. Singe stuffed a backpack with wares to pretend to sell. Then the duo headed out into Daggerfall's Merchant Square where they could look for Tharn while staying mobile. The day was pleasant enough. Partly cloudy skies with the sun peeking in and out. It was just enough sunlight to keep their fur warm as they walked through the crowds. With a small entourage, which they figured Abner Tharn would certainly have on his coattails, he shouldn't be tough to spot, right? Yeah, right. Turns out there were plenty of over-the-hill men with slicked-back, balding gray hair wandering about today. How in the heck were they to find just one? Then it happened. Across the crowd, a tall, pale-skinned man was walking across the square with four to five mercenary types keeping his pace. A security detail, no doubt. This must be Abner Thar, Singe thought. Come, Grindar, I've spotted him. Singe called back to his companion. Down the cobblestone road they went, discreetly ducking in and out of the crowd to avoid being too noticeable. Moving with slight purpose, they peeked around ears and used pillars to disguise their approach. Singe would need to get close to hear any information of value, yet stay far enough away as to not alert the mercenaries that he was tailing them. Occasionally, Singe would stop at a merchant's cart and pick up a piece of merchandise to survey it, as if he was an interested buyer. Once the distance would increase to his target, he would put the goods back and continue with his light pursuit. All the while, Krindar the Alfiq would bounce along after him, deftly dodging the various types of commoner footwear that would graze by his furry head. At long last, the target and his entourage stopped in the square. Standing behind a pack merchant's cart, Singe was close enough to the group to hear what was being said. Something about fine linens and cyrodelic brandy was being uttered. When Singe caught a glimpse of something, or somebody, approaching him in the corner of his eye. He turned his head slightly to see that something was actually a somebody in the form of a large female orc, and she was moving with purpose toward him. A covert member of the security detail for certain, Singe thought to himself. Fearing he was about to be found out or perhaps attacked, Singe turned toward the orc who was now upon him. A sizable orsomer female adorned in leather robes with a dagger on her hip, was standing way too close. Like, personal space close. Dangerously close. Singe dropped his paw down to his own hidden dagger, fastened in the small of his back. Before he had a chance to pull it, the orc addressed him rather abruptly. 
Do you know how long I've been looking for you? What? Singe said with a perplexed look. The Orsimer woman began to carry on about the orcs of Rothgar and that she was looking for someone to assist them. She rambled on and on about a rendezvous with some caravan that would take him to Orsinium free of charge, if he had accepted her help. Bah! Singe spewed with annoyance. Away with you, devil woman! My quest journal is full! The orcish woman dropped her shoulders, defeated, turned, and walked back into the crowd. Many moons, Grindar. What good are you? She scared the scat out of me. Grindar simply turned away from Singe, tail waving through the air as he displayed his business end at him. Getting back onto task, Singe looked back up at the target group, only to see the balding male noble had just turned enough so Singe could see his face. Rats! Singe exclaimed. Definitely not, after Tharn. It turned out he was tailing a famed tailor from the rift, who was in Daggerfall to procure some rare goods for some noble's gala that evening. Feeling particularly defeated himself, Singe turned to Krindar and muttered, Let's take a break, my friend. I need a cup of hot java. Singe and Krindar headed in the direction of the royal castle of Daggerfall. Despite the upscale, snooty demeanor of pretty much everyone there, the royal castle did indeed have an outstanding cup of coffee they would serve to visitors, free of charge. And right now, it was going to hit the spot. The downstairs entryway to the royal castle was always crowded. During the week, the administration always ran tours for the commoners of Daggerfall, free of charge. It was part of some Transparency for the People program King Emric demanded after there were widespread allegations of misappropriation of taxes for the Three Banners War. The people were up in arms, saying their local taxes were all going toward the war effort instead of improvements to the city. Whatever the reason, it made for maze-like crowds as people were put into groups for their tours. Besides the visitors, it was still a working castle for royalty. Maids, royal staff, and assistants ran that place, and they were all running around like headless chickens making sure the joint ran smoothly. Sinjin Kundar slipped inside, shirked the crowd, and obtained a steaming cup of Sinjin's favorite brew, black coffee with a single thimble of moon sugar. Finding a small table and a comfy chair under the staircase, Singe sat down and patted the table next to him, summoning Krindar to his own lofty perch. With a sigh, Singe took his first sip. Bright moons, Krindar! Singe whispered, nearly spitting his coffee back out onto the floor. Don't make it obvious, but look there at the bookcase. In all of his snooty glory... Wearing gaudy red velvet robes and a heavy armor cuirass and hip piece was the High Chancellor, Abner Tharn, not ten feet from the resting Khajiit and his companion. At his side was a tall Altmer, clad in a woodland ranger's attire, dual swords affixed to his hips and a large golden bow strapped to his back. This warrior looked the part. One of his chosen missive recipients, perhaps, Singe gathered. Further examining the scene, Singe noted a full travel pack at the ranger's feet, complete with what appeared to be a folded cloak and a bedroll affixed. 
Getting ready for a trip, this one thinks, eh? Singe said quietly to Krindar. A focused conversation was taking place, and although Singe couldn't hear all of the words, he was able to decipher the following. Best interest of the Empire. End the Three Banners War. An ancient tablet. And a Khajiiti lore master. Without haste, Abner Tharn and the intimidating Altmer gathered their belongings and headed outside. Not wanting to abandon his fresh brew, but doing so anyway, Singe waited for Tharn and his companion to walk out the door. He and Krindar followed behind him, just enough to remain inconspicuous. Not thinking luck would strike him twice today, Tharn and his companion split in the square, with his companion traveling east and Tharn moving towards the north. This would take Singe right by the Rosy Lion Inn, where he darted into his room, grabbed his own travel pack, and caught back up with Tharn, just before he exited the city on foot. What would transpire over the next several weeks would take Singe and his Alfie companion Krindar on the journey of a lifetime. <laughs>